T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why are you rolling your eyes at me? I'm not rolling my, your, my eyes at you. The nightcap. Makes me regret that the Flyers are so garbage early in the season. Oh, right. Anybody could be making right. noise right Right, yes. Let's let's lament about the Flyers when let's the Sabres were actually in a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR. Kyle, what is wrong I with you? I can't do this. Sports Radio 550. Oh, boy. I forgot how great that was. It's been a while since that Open has been played, isn't it? Because it's been a while since Joe DiBiase has needed a night off from the nightcap. Welcome. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell taking over, not in a hostile way today, as sometimes we joke that it is. No, we're, it was a very civil takeover today. Uh, we were asked, hey, mind taking over for tonight? Yes, we are absolutely in on that. Not to mention, though, we're going to waste no time because it's Patriots week. It's hell week uh, for for some people. You know, some people, they see Patriots on the schedule and they're like, crap, that's a loss. Uh, Crap, that's another loss. And until that changes and until the Bills can consistently do something about that, for some people, it is hell week. So, uh, Mark Schofield, joining us now, the Sco Show, Pat's Pulpit, and Letterkenny Enthusiast. Joining us now on the Wester Hotline, Mark, it's Derek and Kyle. What's up, friend? How are you, friend? How are you now? Uh, great to be with you, uh, Derek and Kyle. And look, Patriots, Bills week, it's always a fun one. It should be a good one on Sunday. Been looking forward to this one. Been trying to think about this game for a long time now. Uh, both teams look pretty good and excited to see this one get kicked off. And, you know, uh, not so bad. So, uh, and you there? <laughs> so, not so bad. All right, so here it is, Mark. The Pats are at it again. They're 3-0. And like the Bills, they've played teams that don't have a lot of wins in their pocket. And it's got some people questioning because of the fact that the Bills haven't played anyone. How good are they? The Patriots have a reputation, therefore nobody has to ask these kinds of questions of just how good are the Patriots. Are they the Super Bowl champions as they've seen before? Well, I mean, when you win six Super Bowls with the same head coach and quarterback, uh, you're allowed to beat up on 0-9 team combinations and uh, be able to get away with it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But at the same time, I, I do think there is a sense of, you know, questioning where this Patriots team actually is. Because in years past, we've seen them sort of struggle at the outset of the year and figure it out as they go. This time last year, they were 1-2. and two, And there were a lot of people questioning – you know, the Sony Michelle draft pick, questioning the offense, questioning the defense. And, yes, look, the defense this year has looked fantastic. They haven't given up a touchdown. The offense has been able to score, you know, not at will or anything like that, but they've been able to put up points. But, again, it's been against Miami. It's been against the New York Jets with a third-string quarterback, against the Steelers on their opener where we don't know how hurt Ben Roethlisberger was at the time, and that defense struggled in that game as well as some later games. And so there is a sense in New England that – Yes, we're 3-0. This is a, this looks to be a good team. 
They're getting it done even with some injuries. But are they 3-0 and good or are they 2-1 and good? Or, like, what is this team exactly right now? So I think this is a great measuring stick game for both teams. You know, the Bills want to measure themselves against the New England Patriots. The Patriots want to see exactly where they are as a team as they hit, you know, the first, you know, four games of the season under their belt. Mark, uh, another thing that we have to uh, go on about, because you just mentioned it, the uh, the running game woes with Sony Michelle. I mean, this is a guy that last year he was seen as looking like a bell cow back. Now he's at 2.4 yards a carry this year and uh, really kind of struggling throughout the start of this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a question mark. It's a cause for concern, I think, for you know this offensive coaching staff. You know, if you're a Sony Michelle owner in fantasy, you're obviously concerned. You know, he's got a you know, he had a couple of touchdown runs, but the run game isn't there right now. Um, and, you know, it's been spotty even with Rex Burkhead, who they've used a bit more over the past couple of weeks. You know, they're trying to figure it out with Sony Michelle. What has been interesting is if you look at this offense last year, they had such a run-pass ratio with Sony Michelle. If he was in the game, if 26 was on the field, they were going to run the ball. It was almost a guarantee. And if he wasn't in the, on the field, they were going to – throw the ball because they didn't trust him in the past game. They didn't trust him as a receiver. They didn't trust him with pass protections. They've flipped that a bit this year, guys, where if he's on the field, you can't guarantee what they're going to do. You can't guarantee it's going to be a run. And as a matter of fact, they've done a lot with play action with him on the field. If you look at the sort of play action splits with Sony Michelle on the field, they're throwing the ball better off of play action with him on the field than anybody else. And so that's one area where Michelle has sort of helped this offense. But the run game itself, especially with him, is a cause for concern. And whether it's, you know, Ted Karras being in for David Andrews, Marshall Newhouse in for Isaiah Wynn, whether it's Sony Michelle not trusting what he's seen with his eyes, or whether it's the fact that they don't have James Devlin right now, who I think was a big boost to their run game and to Sony Michelle in particular last year, that all remains to be seen. But it is something they have to try to figure out as we get going into, you know, the rest of the season. Mark Schofield joining us on the West Her Hotline as we're talking Bills Patriots here on the nightcap. Mark, that Antonio Brown thing, it's there, it's gone. We don't have to talk about that anymore, luckily. Uh, but there is someone that I do feel like there needs to be a little more talk about, and that's the likes of Josh Gordon. Gordon is supremely talented. He's a guy that really is someone that is truly dangerous. And with the status of Julian Edelman kind of up in the air, King on Josh Gordon is going to be important, but how's he looked so far with the Patriots this season? You know, he's looked great so far, but he's a different Josh Gordon than the Josh Gordon I think people are familiar with, the supremely explosive vertical athlete that is just going to burn by defenders. He still has some of that left, but he is a bit bigger. He's a bit stronger. He maybe has lost, like, say, half a step, a quarter of a step. So, you know, the vertical speed isn't quite there, but they use him on a lot of routes along the boundary. They do use him in the vertical passing game. They love to get the ball to him on, you know, slants, you know, quick out routes, things like that, where they, you know, it fits with the rest of the Patriots offense, getting the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. And they'll pick their spots with vertical routes here and there. The thing that has really impressed me with him is the ability to run after the catch, and not in terms of speed or quickness, but strength the way he runs through tackles, the way it now seems like it takes multiple guys to get him to the ground. You know, the the bulk that he's added to his frame has allowed him to do some different things, but still be an extremely explosive-type player 
with the ability to create after the catch as well as winning some contested catch situations. So, you know, I imagine the Trey White, Josh Gordon matchup tomorrow, I mean on Sunday, excuse me, is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, I'll try to watch as much of that as I can with all the other things that are going to be going on in this game that are going to be fun to watch. But Gordon's been good. It's just he's a different Josh Gordon than I think people remember from years ago. So, Mark, what is going on with Julian Edelman? He left last week's game late with an injury, and what is his status looking like here coming into Sunday's game? It does look like he's going to go. X-rays on the ribs came back negative. He had his travel bag in front of the locker in the locker room today. You know, he's listed as questionable. When you see that travel bag, it's a good sign that the players go in to at least make the trip. You know, he was practicing Wednesday, so it seems like he's trending in the right direction. And, look, let's be honest, A, Julian Edelman is a competitor-type guy. He probably doesn't want to sit out a game like this. And, B, you know, this is a game you have two 3-0 teams. Obviously, both teams want this game because it's a chance to sort of get, you know, one up on the other in this division, which, interestingly enough, given the Bills' schedule, given the Patriots' schedule, this game could have a lot of meaning, you know, down the stretch here for the AFC East. And so I'm sure Julian Edelman's going to give it a go on Sunday. How effective he's going to be remains to be seen, but I'd be stunned if he wasn't out there. All right, Mark. So we know what the Patriots bring every year with the offense. We know the fact that Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And once again, he's up to his usual stuff. 911 yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, blah, blah, blah. Please just stomp on my foot for the love of God. (laughs) But the defense has been, you mentioned it early on, they played the Dolphins, who are kind of a college team at this point, the Steelers with their early season struggles, and then, of course, the Jets with a third-string quarterback. But a lot of positive review so far, though, for the likes of former Bill Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I mean, and interestingly enough, he's not even, at least by football focus is great, and he's not even their top corner right now because both Jonathan uh, Jones and Jason McCourty are actually graded out higher than Gilmore has. But it, they have such versatility at all levels of the defense right now. And for years we've talked about, I've talked about, people have written about how on the offensive side of the ball, so much of what they do is based on trying to get mismatches and then exploiting them against the defense. Well, they can now do something similar on the defensive side of the ball. In the second down, you've got Gilmore, you've got Jones, who's sort of the speedier guy. You've got, you know, Jason McCordy, the veteran-type guy. And so they can mix and match and do different things. So, you know, you might see a Stephon Gilmore on, maybe Zay Jones, and then Jonathan Jones, I expect him to get Cole Beasley, and maybe Jason McCourty up against John Brown with some dedicated safety help. They can do different things to match up based on the, you know, the skills of the receivers they're going to cover and the skills and the traits of the defensive backs themselves. So they can do that in the secondary. They can do it at the linebacker level where you've got guys like Hightower and Van Noy and Collins. They can move them around. Other players inside, like Alandon Roberts, Juwan Bentley, even John Simon off the edge. And then up front, they can get guys running in and out, Adam Butler, Chase Winovich, Michael Bennett. They can just find matchups that they want to exploit now on the defensive side of the ball, put guys in place to try to take advantage of those one-on-one matchups. And so they've got such versatility and flexibility on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary, where they can come in and they can just play whatever coverage they want, based on the matchups, change it up week to week, depending on the kind of receivers they're up against, and put their defense in the best position to be successful. And that's what they've been doing so far. I was kind of looking at the first three weeks, Mark, of the um, the defense that the Patriots have allowed, well, I guess lack thereof, of, in the rushing game. 
against some premier backs. I mean, week one in Pittsburgh, you know, that was a lopsided score, but you're able to bottle up James Conner. And then week three against the Jets, keeping Le'Veon Bell in check. I saw today that Devin Singletary was at least back to practice and is questionable for Sunday. And, you know, Frank Gore's been around the block about 19,000 times. So, you know, he's a frequent flyer in some of these Patriots matchups. But is it going to be business as usual for that? For that defensive core for New England on Sunday, they have game plans, obviously, for the difference of backs. You know, they've never seen Singletary before, but he's a he's yeah. a he's an impressive little runner. And I mean, you got you got two different styles you got to combat for. How's that going to look? Yeah, he is an impressive runner, and he's somebody that I like coming out. I think a lot of people were high on Singletary. He was coming out of college, and you know, he's a player that, like you said, he brings a different skill set to the table than what Frank Gore does. You know, when you always think about what Bill Belichick does defensively, he wants to sort of take away what you do best. And so I think he's probably going to approach this game. But look, he's going to want the guys on the inside, Adam Butler and company, Danny Shelton, who has had a fantastic start to this season as well. You know, he's going to want to have them in the game at times, full run support. You might see a lot of Patrick Chun down in the box as well. They like to bring him down into the box. But I think the two things that might scare Belichick the most out of this matchup, looking at the Bills' offense, are Dawson Knox, we saw what he did against the Cincinnati Bengals. Belichick has always been afraid of athletic mismatch-type tight ends. That goes back to his days with the Giants and Mark Bavaro. You know, we've seen him against Travis Kelsey, for example, double cover him, double cover him with a chip, and then leave somebody one-on-one with Tyree Kill because he's more worried about Travis Kelsey. So he's probably worried about Dawson Knox. So you might see Patrick Chung with some help. You might see... Devin McCourty at times in one-on-one situations with Dawson Knox because I think Belichick's going to be worried about him. And he's going to be worried about Josh Allen, and particularly his ability to extend plays, to make plays with his legs, to get outside of the pocket. The Patriots have been frustrated in the past by a mobile quarterback. We've seen Deshaun Watson have some success against them. We've seen even Marcus Mariota have some success against them. I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to see a little Jamie Collins at times by in Josh Allen, particularly in third-down situations, use some of his athleticism as a potential check against what Josh Allen can do. So trying to think about how Belichick's looking at this game, I'm thinking Dawson Knox and Josh Allen are two of the things he's probably concerned about the most. Now you bring up Josh Allen, Mark, and you have a piece earlier this week that you put on patspulpit.com about the mental growth of Josh Allen. I don't talk to you just about Patriots, and we all know if there's a quarterback guy that we got to go to here we like to stop by with Mark Schofield first. So what are your thoughts so far on Josh Allen through these first couple of games of this season? And what's it looking like as year two is going around for the second-year passer for the Bills? Yeah, I've been, you know, very impressed, Derek, with what he's done so far this year. And obviously, look, some of the credit goes to him. I think some of the credit goes to Brian Dable and, you know, how he's dialed things up, number one, schematically, but how he's sort of coached him up a bit. I was very impressed with some of the timing and anticipation throws we saw from him in week one, getting the ball out on time and in rhythm. And if you think back to Josh Allen, the prospect, time and rhythm wasn't exactly the phrase you would associate with him. And I'm mean, I, mean, I kid you not, if I were to go back to, you know, the 2018, 2017 version, I mean, like, yeah, you're watching this Josh Allen kid, he's going to become a timing and rhythm-based passer in the NFL. I would have said, no, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. But it is happening before our eyes. And, you look at his game against the Bengals, one of my favorite throws of his was a, a throw to Cole Beasley on an RPO-type play where he has to double-clutch because his mind is made up. He's ahead of everything that has happened around him. He has to wait for Beasley to start his break. But Josh Allen's mind is made up. He's reading the play much faster this year than he was last year. And so 
I've been extremely impressed with some of the mental side that we've seen from him, some of the growth and development in that process and speed part of the game. And if you look at this Bills offense, what might be missing right now is some of the vertical stuff. You know, he's missed on some vertical throws, and that's his strength. And so if he, you know, starts hitting on some of those, the stuff that he does perhaps best, which is that vertical element to the passing game, this offense could really start to get into gear. And so I've been impressed with what he's done so far. I think Brian Dable has done a great job with him. And I'm excited to see more of Josh Allen here in year two because he's been a lot of fun to watch. Mark, it's it's an interesting game here. I mean, we have uh, we've got ourselves an interesting match with two three and teams, with a lot for each of them to prove or to kind of just be like, guys, they finally beat someone that actually has wins for either side of this sort of conversation. And I'm pretty sure it might go DEFCON one here if the Bills end up upsetting the Patriots uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I think Buffalo would be a fantastic place to be if the Patriots go in and get knocked off by the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. I'm sure that, like you said, it would be a a DEFCON one-type situation. I think this is going to be a fascinating game to watch. I think it's got one of those one-score game-type deals all over it. I think this is like a, maybe a 27 to 7 type, I mean 27 to 20 type win for New England, but it's going to come down to the final drive. Maybe it's a situation where Josh Allen has a chance to go down the field and maybe become even more of a legend in Buffalo, you know, by putting together a touchdown drive at the end. And maybe he does it, but I do think this is going to be a close game. I do think it's going to be a one-score game. I think New England has the edge, but if Buffalo wins, would it shock me? Absolutely not. I've been impressed with them on both sides of the ball. Let's not forget, in their two meetings last year, Buffalo frustrated the heck out of Tom Brady in this Patriots offense. That passing game looked anemic at times, both in that Monday nighter and in that Week 16 game. It left me questioning whether the Patriots had enough in terms of a passing game to make a you know a real run in the playoffs, and it turns out that they did. But that's a credit to this Buffalo Bills defense, and they look good again. Maybe Tremaine Edmonds, the matchup between him and White and Burkhead might be the one to watch, but the defense has had Brady's number in the past. The offense seems to be getting better. It's in Buffalo. We know the atmosphere is going to break. Be, be a great atmosphere. So, yeah, it would not surprise me at all if Buffalo wins this game on Sunday. Mark, I'm sure that plenty of people will be able to hear from you throughout this weekend, but tell the good people, the good listeners, where they could find your work. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me on. Always a blast. Easiest way to keep up with me is at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Like you said, the Sco Show over at Pat's Pulpit, the QB Sco Show over at Bleeding Green Nation. I'm all over the SB Nation airwaves and a whole bunch of other places. But the easiest place is Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Verda. Verda. <laughs> Mark Schofield, thank you as always, my man, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great night. All right. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Follow him on Twitter, at Mark Schofield because he's he's one of those guys that you should be following no matter what the situation and yes I know we here in Buffalo we hate the Patriots but to get intelligent and solid looks at the enemy you get a guy like Mark Schofield if you want takes on quarterbacks if you're someone that is a suffering fan of a different franchise and you live here in Buffalo and you want looks at the rookie quarterbacks well hit up Mark Schofield because the guy brings those QB takes as well But it's Bill's Patriots week. So, of course, I had to get my guy on for this sort of thing. And we're not done talking about this. We're not done diving deep into this sort of thing. If you've got thoughts about this game, by the way, text it to us as of right now at 550-550. Let us know what you think is going to be the biggest key for the Bills to beat New England 
And what are you hoping for the most for the Bills coming into this game? Do not say anything about injuries. I will punch something. But on the other side of this break, we go from Mark Schofield to Matt Perino, New York Upstate. He's going to be joining us on the Western Hotline on the other side of the break here on the Nightcap. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, Bills Patriots Week. Let's get it, son. Texting 550-550, what do you think needs to happen for this game? This is WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's in our best interest to you know try and affect him the best we can, and every man does his job. We've got a chance to do that. At the end of the day, the game comes down to one-on-one matchups, whether it's up front or the back seven in this case as it relates to our defense. The coach, Sean McDermott, as they get ready for Sunday afternoon, Bills, Patriots, the battle for 4-0 at New Era Field on Sunday. You'll be able to hear all of the action, by the way, right here on WGR with pregame starting at 7 a.m. and we go until 8 p.m. We go all the way. We go 13 hours straight, Bills. And we'd love it if you were with us along on the radio home of the Buffalo Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. This is the Nightcap. Derek Kramer and Kyle Powell with you. Matt Perino about to join us in a couple of moments. But real quick, we'll squeeze in Rick in Denver. Rick, you're on the Nightcap. What's going on, brother? Hey, Derek. Before I tell you my keys of the game, I've got a – man, dude, there's such a visceral hate for New England, for Tom Brady. And I know you guys need to bring these analysts on, but I'm tell- I've got to turn the radio down. I can't – I mean, Mark Schofield, seriously, dude? I mean, what do you got, 20 guys on the field? You're going to cover Dawson Knox. You're going to cover Josh Allen from running. You're going to keep Foster from getting over the top. I mean, the arrogance of these guys is just absolutely nauseating. Hey, easy, Rick. My boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend my boy Mark. So, <laughs> But carry on, bro. What's got? What you got? Yeah. Um, look, Belichick can run all of these schemes. He can run all of these tricks that he wants on defense. The one thing he can't do is run any tricks over the top of their defense, and that's where Foster and Brown are going to win this game. This has got to be the game that Josh Allen gets back on track with the big play. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we need to do offensively and defensively. I want to see Ed Oliver and I want to see Jordan Phillips in there at the same time just absolutely crushing the middle of that offensive line and getting a push up the middle because Brady just makes hay and destroys us by stepping up in the pocket and hitting a little dink and dunks. So, I mean, nothing against Star Latule, but, I mean, we need some. We need two beasts up front, and those two, I think, are going to be the keys as far as uh, keeping Brady under check. Rick, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you. And uh, to emphasize further on that point, it's a good thing that you bring up about the interior of the defensive line. I mean, it's natural for all quarterbacks. If, the, if they're not stepping up, if they're not able to do what they can, uh, and pressure's coming right in their face, they're going to always feel a little uncomfortable, and that's something that this defense has been capable of doing a lot. Starla Tule has been really, you know, he's been quiet with his stat line, but at the same time, he's doing what he was expected to do. He's a block absorber, and that is uh, looking like he's providing a beautiful service for the likes of Oliver, for Jordan Phillips, who's been looking 
like a great addition off of waivers from Miami. Thanks, Dolphins. Continue to mess up things. We all will keep laughing at you, and we will not hide it. But now, we go to another primo dude on the Western Hotline from New York Upstate. It's Matt Perino. He's a beat reporter. He likes to cover the Bills as a guy that has been looking at everything on a week-to-week basis with the Bills at 3-0. Patriots Week is here. Matt, welcome to potentially a 4-0 team in the Buffalo Bills. I better be careful what I say. I don't want to potentially your your, potentially. your callers to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, here it is. A battle of 3-0 teams at New Airfield on this Sunday, and we've got a Bills team that is – Let's be real about something. They're average on offense, but it's such a refreshing change of pace. The Bills are average on offense? Yes. Well, they're, they're ranked eighth in the NFL. If you would have told me after three games this would be an eighth-ranked uh, offense across the board, I probably would have been uh, a little bit pessimistic uh, about those expectations. But what's happening here is it seems like they've – gotten everybody uh, up to speed on the offensive line. The continuity has become a little bit quicker than I think I would have even anticipated. And a lot has to do with uh, Mitch Morris. I mean, you pay all that money to a guy that, you know, has, I think if you go back and watch all three games, has been up and down a little bit uh, as he's kind of been getting comfortable playing with, you know, on a whole new team. But the continuity and stability that he brings, I think, uh, rubs off on all those around him. And you have a second-year quarterback in Josh Allen who's taking the jumps that, you know, you wanted to see over 60% completion percentage. Uh, he's gone over 250 yards in all three games, something that he didn't do once last season. So uh, the last one might have been a little bit under 250 now that I'm thinking back of it. But, you know, you get my point. I, I think that everything, you're right, it, it, it's, they're not blowing your doors off on offense, but the, the uh, progression that you've seen from last year's offense to this year's offense has been substantial, and that's what you want going into a game against the New England Patriots when they're basically shutting everybody down. Matt Perino joining us on the West Hero Hotline. Matt, this is going to be an interesting one because of the fact that you've got two 3-0 teams that have beaten opponents that have a combined one win on the season, and that's mostly because Bruce Arians decided to play 4-D chess with his kicker. So it's really becoming a question with the Bills and the Patriots, both sides alike, of what is the true test here and what are we really going to see from each of these teams and, of course, you mentioned, though, the progression with this offense and Josh Allen, and I really think that the most impressive that they've looked to me is when they've been a rhythm-passing offense with their second-year passer. Oh, 100%. And I thought that going into the season, that was one of the things that I thought Brian Dable had to be tasked with is putting Josh Allen in situations and developing game plans to get him into a rhythm. Because over the course of his now, whatever it ends up being, 15, 16 games, it, he's been best when he's, well, when he's, you know, in, in a rhythm. And when things tend to go off track is when, you know, things kind of stall a little bit for, for the offense as a whole. So against New England, that's, you know, hard to do. It's, it's hard to consistently move the ball against them, as you saw last year. The two interceptions, the drops, uh, obviously he had a much – uh, you know, lower level of talent around him. And I posted something earlier this week. That that offensive line that, that he had in front of him last year was atrocious. I mean, you had borderline NFL talent on that line. And now 
it's a completely different situation. I, I talked to Deion Dawkins this week about that. And, you know, he, he was close with a couple of those guys that he played with last year. John Miller, uh, Jordan Mills were guys that were, you know, here for a long time. But he said the difference now is that veterans like John Feliciano and Mitch Moore, they've brought, you know, that that element of the culture where guys are playing for each other. It's 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 about something bigger. And then, they, you know, we joke about Sean McDermottisms and the process and the 111th and, uh, you know, respecting, you know, those around you. But, you know, they're carrying some weight in that room. That's the bottom line of it. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, where are they going to have their success on Sunday? It's got to be with taking care of the football. It's got to be with establishing a run game, which they couldn't do last year. And it's got to be with stopping the run on the other side of things, which they weren't able to do last year. And they'll have a better chance to do that because James Devlin's out and they've got a couple of uh, – uh, mix-and-match pieces on that offensive line that's been a little bit banged up to start the year. Matt, now one of the biggest question marks is going to be Devin Singletary. You could tell that this offense missed his presence against the Bengals, and it's looking like he's probably just truly questionable to play against New England on Sunday. How did he look in practice today, and uh, how do you think that the Bills are feeling about putting him in for this contest? I mean, I think that what's happened the last couple of days, you know, we might look back and say that this was just to maybe keep uh, Bill Belichick and company off uh, off balance a little bit, not knowing what's going to happen with Devin Singletary. You know, to see a guy come back from a hamstring in two weeks like this, I mean, I don't know the severity of the injury, but he, the fact that he didn't practice Wednesday definitely had me – uh, a bit concerned about his availability, but it might be a situation where the hamstring is far enough along that you can activate him for that game, which could be, you know, you look at what's going on in this roster right now. You have Tyler Croft, who's still out. You have uh, Corey Thompson, who had to have ankle surgery this week, which, you know, those are, that opens up roster spots. So if you can get Singletary back on the or active spots, if you can get Singletary back on the, on the field, uh, maybe even in a very, very limited role where, you know, he might get five or ten looks in the game. I think it would be worth dressing him if you if you have the confidence that his health is there. He's looked fine, and Frank Gore actually said, you know, I got Frank Gore to say that he, uh, he hopes he plays uh, because of the dynamic nature of his game, 12.7 yards per carry. I mean, oh, my goodness. Uh, every time the kid touches the ball, it's a big play possibility. Uh, and, but he, and he said he's looked really good in practice this week. But, you know, looking good in practice as you're getting back from a hamstring is much different than game speed and what he's going to be asked to do if he's inserted in the game. How about the back end uh, speed depth of the receiver core? Um, we know Robert Foster's been limited consecutive days of practice. He's now listed as questionable for the game. Same goes for Isaiah McKenzie, but he got back to a full practice today. What's the latest uh, on their end? A couple of speed threats that you know Josh might look at in some regard. Yeah. So I was, uh, I thought it, when we were watching practice on, on Wednesday, uh, we were outside and I thought that, uh, Robert Foster looked like he just, uh, he was bothered by something. He went for a deep ball and was kind of off to the side getting stretched out for a minute. We came back. He was just wasn't walking right. And so, uh, you know, he practiced the next two days on a limited basis and, um, he looks like he'll probably be a go, but yeah, I mean, that's, if you're dealing with a groin injury or any type of lower body injury as a speedster like Foster, it's concerning. And then Isaiah McKenzie, he was, he looked dynamic uh, in one-on-one drills on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden he popped up on the injury report uh, after practice on Thursday. So, you know, who knows what happened there? He looked like he was kind of taking it slow today. 
uh, some good spirits in the locker room. But if one or either of those guys can't go, the Bills, Bills fans may finally get their long-made uh, wish, and uh, Duke Williams might finally get that call-up to the 53-man roster uh, because, you know, he's, he's got a Pro Bowl to go to, if you haven't heard, Derek. Oh, you mean the uh, the OBJ comp that Duke Williams? <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was uh, that was uh, that was adventurous uh, to say the least. Uh, Duke, listen, Duke Williams, man, I I really, it's an awesome story. And as a journalist, I mean, that's what we search for. And he is a great guy, a great interview. But I just think that everybody should just <laughs> dial things back in terms of the expectations for a guy that has never played a meaningful down of football in the NFL. And, you know, I think I said this today uh, in a a periscope. I said if he was showing enough in practice right now to to be the guy that, you know, uh, gets activated on game day, that gets called in the 53-member roster, he'd be there. Uh, You know, I think he's still developing. I think he's still getting used to playing at this level after being in the CFL the last couple years. And um, But, yeah, it would be a fun story if he does finally get to this uh, stage and gets to perform and does something with it. But, Hold your horses. Matt Perino of New York Upstate joining us here on the Le- on the nightcap and on the Lesser Hotline. Matt, this Patriots defense looks a little intense and is something that I think that the Bills are going to have to be able to combat with. We've seen that McDermott's defenses have been giving Brady and company headaches over the past two years as these teams have been facing off, but it's New England's defense that is becoming a bigger question mark because – The Patriots overall, over the past couple of years, they haven't had a defense to really truly sing about, but this year, allowing just 17 points in their first three games. Yeah, they're just so experienced, and they have what Sean McDermott has raved about his own unit, and that's continuity, especially in the secondary. I mean, Stephen Gilmore, uh, the McCourties, Patrick Chung, I mean, they've played together for years in in Bill Belichick's system. If you last for years in Bill Belichick's system – you know, you're doing something right. You have some talent. And so now you, you add in the familiarity. It's like why the Bills secondary is so good. Trey White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, they've been together. Now this is their third season in the same defensive scheme. And so you add little pieces here and there. You know, Michael Bennett is a nice little uh, feather in their cap. But you, you've got a guy like Jamie Collins back in the mix who's already familiar, and that's where he kind of made his name in this league. And he's, he's come back seamlessly and kind of as being a, a, a dual threat. I mean, he can drop into coverage. He's he's rushing and right at the top of their uh, stack leaderboard. They have uh, multiple uh, players. I think it's like three or four players, four players that are in double-digit sacks already, and they're leading the league with 13, which means this offensive line is going to have a test on Sunday, uh, the biggest test that they've had all year. And I, I thought Geno Atkins did a good job at applying pressure and uh, he's with the elite interior defensive line in the league. But with this with this unit, it's a whole different level of confusion and disruption and you you kinda gotta like that amoeba defense where you never know like who's coming in and who's gonna drop back into coverage and Josh Allen's gonna have a lot of work to do in that regard. But I thought he did a good job for the most part last year with dealing with all that. It's just about the guys around him making enough plays and his offensive line protecting them. And we'll find out. A lot of questions are going to be answered this this Sunday, Derek. I'm very excited to uh, have some of these things answered so we can even dive deeper into all this after Sunday. Yeah, there's going to be a a chance to really see the measuring stick for the Bills in this game and see where they're at in this sort of contest and where they are heading into the next stage of the season as we are officially a quarter of the way through after Sunday's game. 
Say that again. You broke up. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, we're going to be a, a quarter of the way of the season, and this is going to be probably the true measuring stick test for where this team is as uh, we get ready for the next part of the season. Matt, it's going to be an exciting one, and we'll see what happens. The problem is, is that I'm going to have to stay guarded because we've had these exciting games with the Patriots in the past, and then we are very humbled very quickly. Yeah, but I think that what's happening, you know, for this franchise over the course of the last two little two plus years is they've kind of stole the blueprint a bit of how to build uh, a team. And, you know, Sean McDermott harps on culture all the time and like the culture in their building. Well, there's some, there's something to that, I think. And, and they brought the kind of uh, people in here and we're talking about across the roster in each uh, position room that is having a positive impact, not only on those guys in the room, in their specific room, but across the board. I mean, I talked to Shaq Lawson today and, and told him about Sean or uh, Tom Brady's comments uh, where he said, um, I love going to Buffalo to play because uh, by the fourth quarter, it's usually uh, all the Patriots jerseys that are left in the, in, in the stands. And it was kind of a little jab. Uh, he was having a little fun with it. And I, I, I asked Shaq about that. And Shaq was like, oh, we're going to let him talk. That's fine. Uh, we're we're concentrated on our 111, doing our job, winning this week. And for Shaq Lawson to have that kind of control, uh, for, for a guy that I've noticed likes to talk a little bit if you can get him going, um, I was impressed with that. And that goes back to the culture that Sean McDermott has created here and Brandon Bean and how they've drafted and how they've signed guys. And so it's a good sign. And I, I think good things are happening, but you're right. On Sunday at 4.15, if it's uh, another embarrassment or another disappointment, then it's back to the, the drawing board a little bit. But I also do like what Deion Dawkins said. It's not break or make or break. They can win this game, Derek, by 40 points. And if they lose the next 12, what does it actually mean? So, yes, it is a big game. It is a measuring stick. But it's not the end of the line if they lose or even if it's a bad game. It's just going to tell us a little bit more about who they are. Matt Perino, New York Upstate. Thank you for joining us as as this much-anticipated game is going to be right around the corner here. Sunday can't come soon enough, man. Hey, man, always good to talk to you, and uh, we will have you covered. Definitely hit up uh, nyupsyracuse.com. Give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, we will be rocking on Sunday with all types of content. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on, Matt, as always. And uh, you follow him at Matt Perino. Matt, thanks for taking the time. Always appreciate it, and... Well, hey, here we are. It's 3-0 versus 3-0. It's time, it's time to boogie. It's time to go and time to see what this Bills team can actually do with their lives. Let's see what happens here. And I'm not going to be that guy to say, you know, don't make the fan base look bad. I mean, I'm pretty sure people are intelligent enough that, at this point that they know what they're doing or not doing. And you know what? Whatever. It's it's one of those things. I'm not going to worry about this because, you know, there's certain things that get thrown on the field, and that's a streak that uh, we don't really <laughs> – I don't think we want, but it keeps happening. Let's try to avoid at least that part this time, please. I don't know. I don't know. But this is going to be an interesting game. But at the same time, I'm guarding myself because – I've seen this story before where we're super hyped about a Bills season and the Patriots come in, they kick us down the stairs, and uh, well, then we're not feeling that great anymore about ourselves. Uh, 
look, at the end of the day, if you lose to an undefeated Patriots team, you have a relatively weak schedule from what it looks like the rest of your schedule makeup is about. And a team that has stockpiled three wins right away in the start of the season. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I'd be more pissed if we lose to the Titans than if we lose to the Patriots. Let's be real here. If they beat the Patriots and lose to the Titans, I will call that an embarrassment. Because, well, I just hate the Tennessee Titans at this point, and they're so boring. But I think that really, this is going to be the measuring stick for me. How good can this team be? How good do we have a chance to actually see with this team and what they have and what they are capable of? What do we have here? Does this mean that I'm happy if they lose a narrow game? No, it still always feels bad to lose. But if they at least look good doing it and don't look like the usual team that, you know, it's Monday night and next thing you know you've got no touchdowns going on, well, I'll take it. What are your thoughts? 803-0550-1888-552-550. Bills Patriots, it's Sunday, man. Are you scared? Are you worried? Are you confident? Do you think that this game is actually going to be a lot better than I'm hoping for or, or suspecting is going to happen? Who knows? We'll also talk some Sabres as well because uh, that season starts up next week. Let's go. And it's a good thing we got that high-scoring winger signed because uh, he's got an interesting line mate. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell. This is Nightcap WGR. From a takeaway standpoint, we always want to have more takeaways than the opposing team's defense and win that turnover battle. Um, but then at the end of the day, I think it really just comes back to us and, and doing what we do, and we know kind of how well we can play, and we're still trying to put that together on game day. So we're really just chipping away. Trent Murphy, Bills defensive end. Turnovers tend to come in bunches, and guess what? The Bills top in the league this year right now through three games, forcing seven turnovers. They've given it back. Plenty of times, though, with six of their own. So, you know, you kind of want to cut down that on that part. That is skewed. That it's is a, slightly skewed. It's skewed, but it's something you do want to cut down on. They have. I just, you know, let's, I mean, yes, what was it? Four of them came in one game. So Four came in the opener. Four, yeah, four. Talking two cents. Yeah. Yeah. So, I still, you still want to see that cleaned up overall. Because um, you saw Allen fumble at what? was called out of bounds and lucky for the quick whistle because that would have been bad. Um, So you're seeing a little bit of the ball security kind of issues going on right now. You do want to see that cleaned up overall, but the defense keeps doing its job. It keeps getting takeaways, and and that's how a great defense can become an elite defense is if they also are forcing the ball away, giving your offense great scoring position, and changing the field position battle for you with an improved offense. It's better talent-wise. And that has me really excited about this game. But at the same time, I can't get too excited because I know how bad it hurts sometimes. 803-0551, Tom, how you feeling with this game here on Sunday? And what do you think has got to happen here, Bills Patriots, as uh, as things go on? You know, it, it, First off, thank thank for taking my call. I enjoy the nightcap every night. Um, but you know, there's so many dynamics to this game. I think that, and I, I'll point out, you know, like I think the two major things, which are it's almost like being capped and obvious, is early in the game, you got to get pressure up the middle, 
first couple drives, you got to stop them, and we got to score early to get ahead in the game. I think that's going to be the key to winning. But there's so many other things outlying as far as like even our special teams being better from that of what we saw against the Bengals and the Giants uh, and, and things like that. We we got to really be more perfect because we're not going to we can't depend on calls going our way or anything like that because the Patriots do play perfect most of the time. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And, uh, Tom, I'll just ask your opinion. How are you feeling? Are you ready to get hurt here? Or, uh, you know, like, are you protecting yourself? You know, I, I guess I'm uh, cautiously optimistic, I would say. All right, so you're protecting a little. Yeah, I, I hold back a lot. I, I'm excited. I think we have a good chance of winning the game. I think with the tools we have, because I, I think it's a predicament that we're going to put most teams in with Josh Allen is most teams, you know, you, you want to put pressure up the middle, flush the quarterback out of the pocket to create kind of a broken play. But that seems to be where Josh Allen has been his strongest this year is when we do have those broken plays and he's flushed out of the pocket, he's finding a way to make that throw downfield uh, versus a lot of other quarterbacks in the league that don't do that, aside from like Aaron Rodgers and some of the elite quarterbacks. So I think if uh, the Patriots try to do that, they're going to find themselves in a bad spot. All right, Tom, thanks for the call, and uh, always appreciate you know listening. And I hope that we're doing a good enough job in lieu of Joe this evening for you. Oh, man. Kyle? How are you feeling about this one? Are are you ready to get hurt here? Are you are you are you going after the girl that's going to ruin your life, or are you uh, protecting yourself a little bit here and you're looking to just be like, you know what? Hang on, I've seen this story play out before. Oh man, I mean, I, I feel the same that Bulldogs felt this entire week listening in. You know, I I think I think you got house money on the table on Sunday, and looking ahead in the schedule, that one loss, if it were to be a loss, as long as you know you played hard, and you can take that litmus litmus paper out of the water, out of the chemical, like we did back in high school. You pass that test, you're at least competitive with these guys. Then three and one with the schedule you got come up coming up. You got Tennessee, you got a bye, you got another got a date with Miami. And then test number two after New England, however may however this Sunday may go, comes way late in October in Philadelphia. You got plenty more weeks ahead of you to do more damage in the win column. Even yeah. if Sunday doesn't go according to plan. But I think it I think it could. It I think could. this is a that this is a nice test, and I think they're ready for it. They seem primed, and they seem very focused and ready. And I liked Matt Perino bringing up at the uh, about the midway point of this hour about some of the comments that Shaq Lawson made in response to Tom Brady playing in Buffalo. It's mature, it's mature, and it's not easy to take the high route when you've been beat up by the guys in Boston, those bullies for years on end. I give them props. It seems like their eyes are on Sunday afternoon. Yes, and. Lately, the problem has been your offense has been terrible. And now you have a chance that your offense is actually at least average. And in yards per game, Matt pointed out, they are eighth, actually, in the in the league right now. That's fantastic. You'd like them to finish off drives with some more points, though. But in that, po- in that aspect, they're middle of the pack. They're 17th. And we've never seen this team be capable of that in recent years. That is where I think the biggest difference is going to be here. I think the Bills defense can frustrate Tom Brady. They're that good. And we'll see what happens. How you feeling? 803-0550. 1-888-552-550. And we'll also switch over to some Sabres. The season starts next week. 
Maybe I'm a hockey dork because I shouldn't be this excited about a team that has been bad. But I am. I like things right now. And I'm feeling very good about a certain player being signed long-term because uh, he's got an interesting line mate in practices the past couple of days. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, this is the Nightcap, WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.